So for the past few years, I've done most of my creative brainstorming on a bicycle. It's also been a lot of my therapy. Uh, riding my bicycle every day, uh, get, get, tricking myself into getting exercise, but also it just like kind of opens your brain up to tune out and listen to music and just kind of uh, surf where, wherever your subconscious mind takes you. And I found that to be a, a really great and fervent uh, playground for coming up with ideas for face and the other stuff that I do. It's actually become invaluable. Until this summer, when it just got too hot. I suffered through a really hot summer last year. I was having to ride my bike early, early in the morning. And I just, even this year, early in the morning, it was still sometimes in the 90s. And I just, I just didn't have it in me this year. I just didn't want to be that miserable. So I put my bike away and uh, I started going to a coffee shop and developing a routine there where I went to, or I do go to, the same coffee shop at the same time, on the same days of the week, I order the same iced coffee, the same two tacos, and then I sit in the same row of chairs and I just get on my laptop and come up with ideas and write stuff down. And that's where this podcast, So I'll Write, was, was uh, I guess, constructed. And uh, that I kind of fell into that routine and that's been the way I've been doing business since about June. It is now sometime in October. And uh, a couple things happened recently. One, uh, the heat dissipated to a degree that I could ride my bike again. It's starting to feel like fall. And then uh, I was anticipating that, so I got my bike out of, out of storage and decided to ride it, realized it, was, it needed some work. So I took it to the bike repair dude, and he had to order some parts, and it took me about a month to get it back. So the weather has hit fall, and at the exact same time, I got my bike back all at once. I got so, so, so excited because I've really, even though I've really been digging my new routine of going to the coffee shop and working there, I really did miss kind of the, I don't know, the free flowing nature of just like riding a bike and listening to music and you just kind of brain just takes off, you know? Anyway, today was the time of the week when I'm supposed to go to my coffee shop and sit down and start writing for this podcast and figure out what I'm going to talk about today. But it was also the first day I was able to get on my bike and ride it. And so I hopped on my bike this morning. And I thought, oh, I'll just, uh, I'll just dust off the old creative way to do it. And so I, I took off and I realized pretty quickly that the old way of doing business doesn't work necessarily for the new business. I, uh, I have a, the routine that I have works really well. I kind of just sit down with a seed of an idea. I look at my notes. I have a ton of notes for So I'll Write. I go through them, I find the thing that, I, that I'm feeling inspired about, and I, I you know, start Googling and reading and, or listening to or watching or whatever the case may be. I can't do any of that on a bicycle. I mean, I guess I could listen to stuff, but I can't look at my notes without crashing, and I can't uh, watch shit without crashing. And it starts to very quickly uh, become apparent that all I can do is really just kind of think. And that's not really how I've done this guy. Uh, I guess I, I did the one experimental episode where I, I wanted to get some stuff off my chest. But for the most part, everything I do is pretty, re, re, you know, researched and planned or read or at least prepared. You know, I get my idea of it feels. It feels a bit disingenuous to call what I do research, you know, uh, knowing what real research is. So I, I, I probably shouldn't use that word as much, but it, it feels prepared, I'll say. And that's just obviously not possible on a bicycle, which was kind of disheartening because I was really excited to be back on the bike and having a lot of fun. And, uh, and, and it just felt really 
fucking gorgeous outside and like fall and the fall smells are there. Man, that has got to be that has got to be one of the best times in the year. Like one of the best single moments in a year is when you get that first fall smell, whether it's like the air's crisp and you it's like typically it's like burning leaves, you know, maybe or maybe like a certain kind of burger grilling or something in the background, but it, it always has that like dry, crisp, cold woody smell and it just ugh, it's awesome and i'm so happy to finally be there because it has been such a bullshit hot summer here so i spent a good period of the bike ride trying to figure out what the fuck i'm going to talk about today because i can't really google shit while i'm on the bike and uh one thing that had been running through my head a lot and i've just been thinking about a lot and where my subconscious mind kind of kept pulling me to is uh this Restaurant in town called, well, it's currently called Stars Cafe. It used to be called Star Seeds. Before that, it was called Stars Cafe. I discovered it when it was called Star Seeds. And most of the time I've lived in Austin, it has been Star Seeds. They, they uh, sold in like, I don't know, 2017, 2018, they doesn't matter, to some new people who decided to rename it the original name Stars Cafe. I've been thinking a lot about that place because... I just read that the city of Austin, city of Austin has been threatening and promising, depending on who you are, promising to me, threatening to Gus, to bulldoze I-35 through downtown Austin, Interstate 35 through downtown Austin and rebuild it. It's, uh, it's a huge bottleneck. We have a ton of traffic. It was a problem when I first came here in 1994. It's a goddamn nightmare in 2023 as the city has about doubled in size. A lot of it is just big rigs hauling freight up and down the country, too. So it's uh, it's become this particular choke point that has caused just terrible traffic. And so I have been very excited for them to do something about it for a very long time. And it's one of those things that you feel like is they're always going to talk about but never actually do. Well, turns out the plans got approved and 59 businesses up and down the Interstate 35 feeder road through kind of north central downtown Austin got notifications that they have 90 days to move out. A lot of businesses, uh, I assume. I don't know all of them, but I know all, I've driven by them a lot. There's a, There used to be a canoe store over there. I don't know if that's still around. There's an arcade, I think, that's affected. A lot of like insurance places, that kind of stuff, um, like estheticians, that kind of, those kind of businesses. Uh, I think there's a couple of sex shops over there. There's a gas stations. There's a coffee shop. Uh, but there's also this diner called Star Seats. Well, Stars Cafe now. And I was really bummed to hear that they had 90 days to vacate because when I first came to Austin at 18 years old in 1994, Starseeds was the... It's hard. Nobody can remember that far back, right? Accurately. But it was, if not the first, one of the very first places I ever ate. The first was probably, honestly, like a Taco Bell. But very quickly, it became a staple for my friends and I it's on I-35, just north of downtown. So, you know, we would come down from Colleen, where I was stationed in the Army at Fort Hood. We would co come down all, just about every night, because if you've ever been to Colleen or near it, you, you know, there's absolutely nothing to do there but get in fights with other soldiers. So we would, uh, my friends and I would pile in a car and drive down every day as soon as work is over at like 6.30 and fuck around Austin until it was time to go to a show. And then I would go to a show at Emo's. Emo's had shows seven days a week back then that were just all pretty awesome. And it was, I don't know, it was, it was a real vibe back then. But 
So I first started coming down to Austin when I was 18. I fell in love with Austin. I fell in love with Emos. I fell in love with Sixth Street. I fell in love with the drag, which is an area uh, next to the college. Most colleges probably have a drag. And I fell in love with Starseeds because at 2 a.m. when the bars all closed and my, fr- my friends were all 21, I was 18, uh, my friends would all go out of the bars. I would meet them uh, outside of Emos or whatever bar they were at. They would always go to like... Pete's Piano Bar or Maggie Mays or all these bars that like you couldn't have paid me enough money to sneak into or or go to if I was 21. So I was happy to let them go do their thing and I would just go see whatever bands were playing at Emos and I didn't really matter. Just wanted to be at Emos. And at 2 a.m. you're exhausted. They're half drunk. I'm tired. We would always stop at Starseeds 24-hour diner, get some, you know, mediocre hash browns or a chili burger and then uh, a whole bunch of coffee and uh, fortify us for the hour and a half ride back to Colleen that we would take just about every night of our lives. I fell in love with that place. It became one of the first places in Austin that felt homey to me. I very quickly kind of felt like a regular there. Let me just say, by the way, this is a greasy spoon. It was called the Stars Cafe because it was the restaurant at a motel called the Stars Inn. Uh, in not the best stretch of I-35 in Austin. It eventually became Star Seeds when I think the Stars Inn got bought by Days Inn and that became a Days Inn. I think that businesses separated. And uh, then it was, it was Star Seeds when I discovered it in 94 and it was Star Seeds until pretty recently when it became Stars again. Name doesn't really matter. The it, people call it, I think most people just call it whatever it was when they first went to it, right? And everybody knows what, what everybody means. But it, it was this gross, grimy, dark place. It has purple and white checkerboard tile, vinyl seats that are ripped up to hell with springs sticking out of them. Uh, now there's a, well, I don't know if it still is, but there's a, you know, a big long Formica counter where everybody sat on stools at, like that are fixed to the ground. Actually, I think that they, at some point they, I remember they redid the counter and did that thing where they put ugly pennies or quarters down or whatever and then laminate over it us fucking or epoxy over it Ugh. anyway they were never great on design but it was this just a live place where everybody in there at two or three in the morning was half drunk or high and dirty and half asleep and or still going and just like laughing and joking and being the life of the party. There were very different vibes all in the same place. And that was kind of what was rad about it is it all just fit together. There'd be an old dude in a suit reading a newspaper at 3.30 in the morning with his reading glasses on while he's drinking, eating his Sunbow breakfast, which is one of the, one of my favorite breakfasts there and, uh, and drinking coffee, like oddly starting his day at three in the morning or, or maybe ending it or who knows, uh, what time cycle that dude was on. And then there would be, like I said, all these like goth kids over here, like brooding. And then there'd be a bunch of UT, like football-y college students hooping and hollering. And then there'd be just a bunch of old grizzled, like bikers and punk rockers over in another corner. And it just worked. Nobody really wanted to talk to anybody else. It wasn't like the friendliest place in the world, but there was just like this feeling of everybody... Everybody lets everybody, everybody leaves everybody else alone and you just all kind of peacefully coexist. I remember there used to be Polaroids and old, just old snapshots of patrons hanging out uh, at Starseeds, just faces up along the top uh, above the bar. And I wanted so desperately to have my picture up there someday and I wanted to figure out how to do it. 
I think those are all long, long, long gone. The place has been sold and resold a few times. So this is an ad that helps keep the podcast going. This is from Misty Mountain Gaming Dice, a company with an incredible catalog of dice and all sorts of material from stone to resin to glass to metal. Basically, if it's heavy and you want to throw it, they can help you out. They offer free shipping to the entire United States. They also have affordable shipping rates for international shoppers, which is something that we struggle with, so good on them. The dice are perfect for any RPG, uh, parents, that stands for role-playing game, like Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, Sh oh, Shadowrun, Savage World, I haven't thought about Shadowrun in a while, Savage World, math games, anything else you can think of. They also have tons of specialty sets, like their Ragnar's Bone Dice set, I hear it's made from Ragnar's real bones, Legends of Valhalla Hollow Metal Dice set, Elder Runes Blackout Metal Dice set, and more. They are the only dice company that offers a lifetime warranty on all dice sets, including the stone and the glass ones, which, you know, can be uh, historically, let's just say I've broken a lot of glass with stone. New dice sets monthly. They also have new dice sets dropping monthly and the biggest selection on the web. Oh, and it's not just dice. They also have other gaming accessories like leather bags, books, dice trays, miniatures. You get the idea. And our friends at Misty Mountain have an exclusive offer for our listeners. Just go to HTT, you know how to type an address in. Just go to MistyMountainGaming.com and use code ALRIGHT, that's A-L-R-I-G-H-T, for a free acrylic dice set of your choice when you spend $20 or more. Tis the season for giving. Get the perfect gift for a special someone, and that could be you. You could be the special someone, or it could be uh, your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or sister or uh, uncle or aunt or friend uh, or neighbor or coworker, uh, and you. Like, why you give them a gift, give yourself a gift. I don't care. It's the season of giving. Why not give to you, too? And our friends of Shady Rays are going to have you covered either way with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Quick swap snow goggles is a little challenging to say. But Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers unrivaled products. It's just as good as any expensive pair we've ever worn. And I wear expensive sunglasses sometimes, but 99% of the time I'm wearing my Shady Rays. When I'm out there tearing up the streets of Austin on my e-bike, I'm wearing Shady Rays. They have durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoors adventures, like the ones I have daily. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop, and their team always has your back with personal and fast support. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving off a very merry deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ALRIGHT, that's A-L-R-I-G-H-T, and get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's not a polarizing offer. That's a pretty straightforward offer. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by more than 250,000 people. You buy the shades, you review them. It could be 250,000 and one people. Go to ShadyRays.com. Code all right. All right. Anyway, because it was one of the first places I, I really fell in love with in Austin, and, and, and I kind of started to feel like a local there, you know, which is when you are breaking into a new location, like when you move or, or in this case, move someplace adjacent to a place. Uh, one of the coolest things is when you first start to feel that acceptance, like, oh, this is 
Like I've been here enough that the waiter recognized me or was a little nicer to me this time. And I could tell there was a sense of familiarity or like, I don't know, I've been here enough that it just like, it just starts to feel right. Right. Star Siege is one of the very first places that I felt that may be the first place I felt that in Austin. And I don't know why, but that stuck with me all this time, you know, here, literally I'm 48 now, literally 30 years later, I still can summon that feeling. And even though I haven't been to Star Seeds, I was trying to figure it out in my head the other day. I don't think I've been there for maybe eight or seven or eight years, at least, I think. Um, I still love it. You know, I, I love it because of all of the wonderful times I've had there. You know, Gus and I were talking about it the other day. And we, we were both lamenting that the thing that we really loved about Starseeds in our 20s is he and I uh, weren't the most social dudes in the world. But for some reason, when you would go to you'd leave whatever bar you were at and you would go swing on over to get some tacos or whatever at Starseeds, there was like a 30 or 40 percent chance somebody would be there that you knew. And that was just like a cool feeling. It's once again, I'm really learning a little bit about myself through this, just thinking about how, how, what it's meant to me over the years, it's this sense of community, right? This sense of like belonging. And I, uh, man, I just, I really felt at home at that place. And I guess part of, I was trying to figure out why I don't go there anymore. Right. I had, like, it's been so long since I've been there and I still feel such reverence for it and, and love and affection for it and was really bummed to find out that they're going to have to vacate. I don't know if it's going to close or not. They, I, I read an article with the new owners that says that said that they were going to try to relocate if possible, but that all the rent they were finding was three to five times uh, more expensive than what they were currently paying or what they are currently paying at Stars, right there on thirty five. So I imagine that doesn't bode well. I don't think a cafe like that makes a shit ton of money anyway. So if the rent becomes three to five times higher, I don't know how they'll manage to survive. I hope they do. And if they do, I will absolutely go there the first week they're open and support them and check it out and, uh, and, and show the love. And obviously if they don't, uh, I have 90 days now to go say goodbye to star seeds, which I'll do. I'll probably go by myself one day, maybe go and get one of my favorite breakfasts, like, uh, like the Migas or the a bomb, which ugh, was like sausage patties with eggs and uh, muffin, you know, like sausage patties, eggs and muffins. Uh, but then instead of gravy, it was queso. Oh my God. I hope they still have it. I, I read recently that they changed the menu up when under new ownership, but that was such a fucking classic of mediocre food. That's the thing too. The food was never what it was about, man. The food was never great. It was just, it was just that sense of like, you go there at the end of a night and you just kind of center yourself before you go home. It was a very grounding place. Um, anyway, I think I've gotten off on a tangent and I don't remember what I was talking about. I'm sure whatever, I'm sure the point I was going to make at some, uh, eventually is that I was trying to figure out why I don't go there anymore. Clearly it's, it was never about the food. I think I've covered that. I think it's just because, well, first off, if I were to go there at two in the morning, there's probably a 0% chance I'm going to run into anybody I know now. I would imagine that probably 75% of the people that existed in that world when Gus and I were there uh, have long since left Austin. So uh, I definitely wouldn't have that sense of community. But I think, hell man, I can't imagine being up at two in the morning and going somewhere. And I think it's just, lot your lives change, right? You change. I am a different person than I was then. I don't think Starseeds or Stars is a different place, really. I think it it exists, <laughs> at least in my mind, it exists in this like bubble of like, post-college, pre-2008 
too grown up fun where people that are perennially in their 20s and, and early 30s hang out, right? And I'm not that guy anymore. I haven't been that guy in a very long time. And so eventually you just, you don't, you don't need the same things from a place uh, as you change. And so uh, I guess a gentle separation begins where I just am not the guy that I was when I hung out at Starseeds all the time in my 20s who would be that much later. And so I found myself going less and less and less. Doesn't mean I I, I dislike it in any way. Uh, it's just, I think, you become a different person and you, you know, you look for different things in different places to hang out. And, you know, I'm having this whole conversation on my bike and at some point, it just feels a little heavy. And so I, I sit down in the park uh, on auditorium shores and I'm surrounded by just the happiest people in the world, right? I'm surrounded by, like I'm surrounded by people that are playing fetch with their dogs and people that are training their dogs and people that are reading on a blanket in the grass and people that are having picnics, people that are playing soccer. There's dudes doing chin-ups and pull-ups. There's people running by constantly. There's people bicycling by constantly. There's tons of people walking and just having conversations and laughing and people checking out the Stevie Ray Vaughan statue and just this wealth of humanity all around me. And uh, I was sitting there and I was kind of noticing all that while I was while I was thinking about Starseeds and, you know, and, I, and I'm thinking about nostalgia and and just I'm kind of sad. I'm sad that Star Seeds is closing, but I'm also kind of not sad. I understand if it does close. I understand that change is inevitable. And, um, but I, but I want to, while I'm thinking about it, I want to really key into like what it is that resonated with me about that place. Because whatever it was, I no longer get it from that place. So I'm thinking, do I get it somewhere else? Right. And what I landed on is it was that. That sense of walking into a place and being norm in cheers. And maybe everybody's not excited to see you, but they're not unhappy to see you either. You feel comfortable. You know the menu without looking at it. You know that the hostess is going to be surly and the cook is looking at you with dagger eyes because you made a substitution on your burger. And you fit in. And I guess that's what it all boiled down to, is that I felt like a part of something there. I felt like I fit in. I felt at home there. I felt a sense of connection, I guess, to that place, but the world around me through that place, right? I felt like I was a part of something there. And I realized while I was having that conversation that that's exactly what the fuck I'm, I do in parks, right? And that's why I haven't thought about Starseeds in years, or part of why I haven't thought about places like Starseeds in years, is because I quite naturally transitioned to public parks when I love public parks. I never really realized why or thought about it till this moment. But as I'm sitting there and I'm watching all those people I just talked about, uh, having these little like, being these little like universes of activity all around me, you know, that are like, fuck, man, it's, it's a bit overwhelming to think about. But it's, it's almost like if you've ever read Nausea by Sartre, uh, the main character, his name, a guy named Antoine Requintin, I think is how I would say it. I'm not uh, French though. Uh, he, well, it's a, it's a, it's a book about existentialism, right? But he goes to parks in in this town that he lives in in France, and he just observes people, and it becomes really unsettling to him uh, as he tries to just comprehend their existence and his existence, and and how they all fit together. And the more he focuses on it. Uh, the I guess the more abstract 
and unfamiliar it all becomes and it creates this huge sense of nausea or unease in him and the book is about him struggling with that and trying to understand his place in the world and i i feel the kind of the opposite of that right like when i'm in that park no matter where it is i feel like i'm a part of all these these little i think i maybe said universes earlier but these little like universes of activity that are just like little whirlwinds of, of life that are happening all around me and they're independent and they're somehow harmonious. We're all existing in this same space and we're all participating in something by being in this nucleus of a park. It's a, like a microcosm uh, of, of the universe, I guess, or, or our earth in general. And it, you can kind of wrap your head around it and see it and then also be kind of blown away by the fact that they're all existing in tandem and all of us were just orbiting around this, you know, this fulcrum that is uh, this place we're at, that we're, we've, we've coalesced to, the park, right? And just, how, uh, and just how harmonious it all feels. I don't know any of these people. They don't know me. We're never going to see each other again, but we're all enjoying the same space in our own unique ways. And you just, I just get like, I get so kind of like humbled by that in the best way because you, you realize all of these people have lives that are just as interesting, if not probably more so than mine. And, you know, they're here for whatever they're here for and they're, they're attaining it. And then they're going to ping off out of, out of this little nucleus, right. And go back into their lives. And, and another person's going to get sucked into the gravity of it. And then I'm, I'm going to ping off at some point. And for this period of, you know, a few hours in a day, we all exist in this space together harmoniously, peacefully, beautifully, I think. And then when it's over, we all go uh, like chaotically a outside of the sphere into back into our lives, back into the world. And we will all never be in that spot, in that space at the same time again together. But for that moment, for that two or three hours, we're all a part of this energy or this thing. And it's just, I don't know, man, I guess I just really like parks and I guess I'm okay with letting go of a place that used to be very, very important to me because it's still very important to me and my memories and, 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 uh, nostalgia for me has become so tangible. It's almost corporeal in front of me. You know, I can almost grab a handful of it. And it's been fascinating to just to, to realize because when I go like anywhere we go, I try to make it a priority to go spend a day in a park. Like this, just this year, Emily and I went and spent almost an entire day in, a, in, a, in the big park in, in Rome and just had the best time renting bicycles and golf carts and, and watched a military parade and just watched kids play around a fountain and just, just had the best time. And whenever I go to an, another country or another city, I always find myself, without even quite thinking about it, I just find myself enjoying their parks and, and just sitting and watching how other people exist and coexist in, in different parts of the world, right? I think it's just endlessly fascinating. And it's been kind of fascinating on a personal level to discover that those things that, I, that were so important to me that I was pulling out that sense of community, uh, it didn't go away. It, it, it was just replaced in a different way because I'm in a different place and I'm a different person. And I'm so happy that I've been able to wrap my head around a little bit about why I'm so obsessed with going to public parks wherever I go, but also that 
like what I'm getting out of it. Cause I don't really, you don't really stop and think about like, why am I doing this? You're following instinct a lot of, a lot of your life, right? You know, you're like, Oh, it looks like a pretty hill to sit on. Uh, the sun is really nice right now. I'll sit on that. And, uh, and you don't think much further into it than that sometimes. Right. Um, anyway, send me an email at jeff at ericsboss.com. I would love to know what, how you center, how you ground, how you feel, or express your connection to things. Is there a star seeds in your town? Are you a public park person? Do you like to just you know spend all your free time at a gym or in a library or playing chess against strangers or like? I, I just think it's interesting. We all we all need that. I think as humans, it's it's a it's a pretty big part of of what makes us human. And I I, I would just love to know how other people find it because. Uh, there's no wrong way to do it, right? And uh, just be really interested to to hear how other people find that. All right.